Oh man, well good morning. Is everybody good today? I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here. Uh, especially if you're a guest. Thank you for giving us just a few minutes of your time this morning. It really does mean a lot to us. As we know, you could be in a lot of different places. My name is Kenny. I'm the campus pastor. And um, man, New Year's, you know, uh, New Year's come with new resolutions. And I'm just curious how many of you have made some New Year's resolutions, maybe about your health. Anybody in the room? Uh, oh, and you're excited about it. Vegan 2020. That's what I'm talking about right there. Um, how about uh, relational, uh, maybe in a marriage, kids, parenting, anybody, New Year's resolution, relation, no? Good, okay, we don't care about other people, just ourselves. I love that. That's a great start to the new year. Uh, how about uh, financial resolutions, anybody in the room? Okay, yeah, a few of us there. Um, how many of you are like me, you never set New Year's resolutions, just keep the bar low so you can hit it every year? Anybody? That's what I'm talking about. There we are right there. Now, if you need a little help in still making some resolutions, I uh, jumped, uh, jumped on Twitter and found a few for you. Maybe just kind of get your, get your thoughts moving here. Here's one. My New Year's resolution is to be more patient. I like that. I hope to accomplish this as fast as possible. That's pretty good right there. <laughs> Here's one right here. My New Year's resolutions are to eat better. I like that. Stop drinking so much. Save more. And transcend the limits of human flesh, becoming one with the hidden, unblinking eye that hovers over the earth. Good luck with that. Here's one. My resolution, and I think it's doable, is to run so fast into a chain link fence that I can come out as cubes. <laughs> I've got two boys that will try that right there, I promise you. Uh, and this, this one here, we'll end on this one. My resolution for 2018 is to start paying more attention. So I, I like that one. <laughs> Some of you will get that at lunch. But yeah, New Year's resolutions are great. They're, they're, they, we should have them. I think goal setting is awesome. I think uh, it's good in every area of our life. It helps us achieve something, look forward to something, work for something, try to attain uh, being a better person. I love all of that. I think it's wonderful. Uh, what I want to do, though, not just today, and by the way, today is going to be like an umbrella message for the rest of the series, which is in January of the next couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about what I believe God's dream is, not only for the Bridge Church, but also for, for your life. Uh, because if I were to ask you this, not a resolution, but what's like a dream that you have for 2020? It's a little different than a resolution. It's bigger than you are. It's going to stretch you a lot more, and, and really, it, it comes from within. Like, what's your dream? Like, it's not something you're thinking of, oh, I want to accomplish. It's like in you of going, man, if I could have a dream come true this year, what would that one be? Like, you can't get away from it. It keeps you up at night. Maybe you've already shed tears over it. Maybe you just get so excited, you're just constantly pen to paper, just writing and jotting and drawing. Like, it's, it's your dream for 2020. What would that be for you? Well, see, here's what I want to challenge us today and, again, in the next couple of weeks is that we would take our list. Again, those dreams are great. The, the resolutions are great. But just to evaluate and to ask ourselves, God, where does your dream fit into these dreams that I have for my life? Like, God, what is your dream? What is your dream for my life? 
how can I help you accomplish your dream? Not that you need my help, but scripture is very clear that he uses us to accomplish his dreams. So there's this partnership somehow, some way with God that he absolutely loves inviting us into to be a part of it. And so what does that look like, God? And how can I find my place in the journey, uh, not only of my life, but what you're doing in the local church? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And so today will be, uh, for some of you, you've probably heard this before, maybe in a different way. For others of you, maybe it's brand new. And I hope it just challenges you and makes you think a little bit deeper about this new year of 2020 and the vision that God has. Because many times it's hard to get that dream going. You know, it's kind of like a bicycle. Once you can get that first pedal down and moving, then you can kind of get going. Or it's a lot like uh, dominoes. I don't know if you play dominoes, but you know, it's, uh, it's like you get them all set up. And of course, the key to the whole domino thing is that very first domino, because of that first domino is spread too far, it just doesn't happen. It's got to be set up right. Now, and what you would also think is that this domino doesn't have a lot of power. And that's true. It doesn't have a lot of power. But what you might not know is that that domino, when it's set up correctly, can produce a lot of power. Because within that fall of the domino is what's called a joule energy. Now, I ain't talking about the joule. I'm talking about like there's this, like there's, what? I'm talking about like, I'm being serious. There's this joule energy within it. In uh, November the 13th, 2009, a world record, Guinness World Record, you can go look it up, right under four and a half million dominoes in one line was set up and accomplished. Four and a half million dominoes. Here's what they discovered about that one joule energy in one domino. At the very end of four and a half million dominoes falling, it was 94,000 pieces of joule energy all combined in just releasing itself at the very end. Now, if you're like me, because I'm from Alabama, you're going, what does that mean, right? I mean, that's so fascinating, but what is that? That would be the equivalent of one average man doing 554 push-ups without stopping. Anybody got that on your resolution for 2020? I'm going to do 500 push-ups without stopping. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of power. When it comes to God's dream, what is his dream? You can look back at the very first time his dream came true. And that dream for God has never stopped. Once it started, once that domino fell, God was like, this is the dream I want for the rest of mankind. And I want the world to experience this dream. Jesus had taught, done miracles, changed people's lives. He died on a Roman cross. Three days later, he came back to life. And people just started signing up going, now I want to follow him. I want to follow him. I want to be a Jesus follower. And they started forming these groups. But the, one, the very first group actually displayed within that group what God's dream for people would be and how he would want them to live their life. You find it in the book of Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 44. Here's what it says. All the believers met together in one place. So again, you're not talking about a lot. This is the very first part, very first dream in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. But let me just stop. Can you imagine being part of that community, by the way? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Man, we're kind, of, we're, kind of, we're kind of struggling right now. What do you need? Well, we kind of need this. Wow, man, let me go sell, you know, my dog real fast on eBay. And I'll, let me, I'll give it to you. I mean, can you imagine being a part of this community 
And here's how they fleshed this, fleshed this whole following Jesus thing out. Here's what it says. They worshiped together. Where did they worship? They worshiped at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. Now I want to stop. God desires both for you. That you would worship collectively, corporately, with other believers who follow Jesus. That would be their temple court. That would be, you know, their regal theater. They would worship together, but then they met together in people's homes. Next week, you're going to be able to sign up for small groups for our spring semester. I think God desires for you to worship together and also to sit in the circles. And I've said this before, and this is important. The reason God desires for you to sit in a circle with other people is because the rows don't know. The rows don't know. People sitting in your row, they don't know what you've struggled with this year. People sitting in the, on, in the rows that you're on, they don't know how to celebrate with you because of what's happened this year. The rows will never know what you're going through in life. But when you're sitting in a circle, they met together at the temple courts and worshiped together, and they met each other, in each other's homes to break bread together and do the Lord's Supper together so that they could look at each other and go, how can I pray for you? What can I do for you? What do you need? How can I come through for you? How can we celebrate you and what God has done in your life? Next week, you're going to hear more about that uh, for our spring semester. They shared their meals with uh, one another with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, that word and also means because of or because of that, the result of. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's God's dream. And it's never changed, by the way. It will never change. He started with one small group. That small group, he just started adding. He started adding. He started adding people who would give their life to him and their life would never be the same. And that energy has completely transformed the face of the world. So much so that in 2020, isn't that crazy, by the way? 20, should we have hoverboards or something? 2020, we're in a theater talking about them. We're in a theater going, God, your dream has never changed. He's going, and it will never change. This is how I started the whole thing. And this is what I want everyone to experience. So when we talk about the bridge, not just the bridge, when we talk about God's dream, his dream for a church, what would God's dream for a church look like? It's never changed. Number one, it would be this. It's a place where everybody's welcome. Everyone is welcome. Doesn't matter your skin color. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter if you're dirt poor. It doesn't matter. Everyone is welcome. The doors are wide open for each and every person, man, boy, and girl, to come hear about Jesus. And you will always be loved. This is God's dream. When you look at Revelation, and Revelation, by the way, is the very last book of the Bible. But what I love about this, this verse is Jesus is speaking, and I love that it's at the very end, and it's like he just wants to get his dream in there one last time, right before the leather closes, and he goes, hey, this is going to be the best way to know me and the best way to live your life. It is a manual for living and your journal with me. Right before he does, he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa I just want people to know my heart one last time. And here's what it says. The spirit and the bride say, what's the word? Can we say it together? Come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life, you come. It's like this is God's heart. This is his dream. That a church would not be a club, but the church would be more like a hospital. That man, if you're thirsty, you come. If you're hurting, you come. 
If you've been wounded by life, you come. If life has let you down because you've tried to find water in a world system that is not delivering for you and you're so thirsty, you just come. I'm telling you, I love that about this place. That those doors will always be open to any and every person who wants to simply come. You just come. Now, again, when you look at where it first started, though, it started with Jesus himself. He's the one who started this whole word of come. Here's what it says. Uh, This is where we first find it. In John chapter 1, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, there it is, come, follow me. And I love that he said, follow me. Christianity is not about perfection. Christianity is about progress. Christianity is about, God, I'm just going to take one more step right behind you. God, I'm going to follow you just one more step. You do the changing and I'll do the following. God says, I'm going to take you up on that deal. So he says, I want you to come, Philip. I want you to follow me. Just come. Now watch what happens though, because I love this. Philip was from Bethsaida. You go, where's that? Andrew and Peter's hometown. (laughs) I love that. Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him. Now watch. Now he went, he's going to find uh, his buddy, Nathaniel. We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Now I love what Nathaniel says. Nazareth? Exclaimed Nathaniel. Can anything good come from Nazareth? It's like El Paso. Like in... in Isn't that like 857 miles away? Like, can anything good come from El Paso? You've never seen it in a movie. You've never seen it on Twitter. I mean, like, can anything good? He goes, listen, I don't, I love this. I don't have all the answers. Look at what he says. Just come see for yourself. I can't, listen, I don't know why Nazareth. I don't know. But you just got to come see. Just one time, come see for yourself. I don't understand everything about this guy. All I know is he said, come follow him. And I have listened to him teach for a little bit. I followed him a little bit. I'm just telling you, there is something different about him. I feel different when I'm with him. I don't have all the answers. I'm I'm just telling you, you just got, because of my relationship with you, I'm putting it on the line and I'm putting an invitation on the table and it could be the most life-changing invitation you're ever going to receive. Just Come hang out with him. That's all I want you to do. Just come. Just come. Now, I want to, again, I I want us to be challenged. I want us to be challenged this year. But sometimes being challenged for the upcoming year is looking at the past year. In 2019, let me ask you something. How many people did you invite to church in 2019? Friends, coworkers, neighbors, relatives, that you invited. Now, whether or not they want to come is up to them, but the invitation to come. How many invitations did you personally make? This might be a growth area for you. God's dream is never going to change. He wants people to come to his son. That's it. I want everyone. I want everyone to come to know him. And I'm going to do that through you and the invitations you put on the table. You go, man, but I don't have all the answers. Exactly. I don't either. I don't know if Adam and Eve had a belly button. I don't, I don't know. I, I have no idea. There's so much I don't know. But here's what I do know is that Jesus changes people's lives at this place. 
I can't explain that. I cannot explain the emails that I get from people I do not know. They were invited by a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, a relative, and they have this unbelievable story that they share with me that they've never met me personally, and yet they talk about coming here to a theater because they wouldn't want to go to a church building for whatever reason, and their life is completely changed. How do you explain that? I can't explain that. I just know I love it. And that's why I want these doors open at this place for every single person who wants to come. The invitation is on the table for you. And the only prerequisite that I can read is if you're thirsty. Come on. Doors open. And you go, okay, let me kind of let me kind of back up for just a minute here. Like, who are the doors really open to? Preacher. Can I be honest with you? These doors are open to any alcoholic who wants to come. Those doors are open to anyone with a secret pill addiction who wants to come. Those doors are open to any man, woman, or student who's struggling with pornography. Those doors are open to anyone struggling with same-sex attraction. Those doors are open to anyone who has had an affair. Those doors are open to anyone who has a gambling addiction. Those doors are open to thieves, and just in case I hadn't hit yours yet, to liars and anyone with a hang-up problem or a past. And I think that includes all of us. In my quiet time, I'm reading through the book of Romans right now with God. And he reminded me so clearly in Romans chapter, at the end of chapter one and beginning of chapter two, he is so kind to sinners. And I think that includes all of us as well. And it says this, it's his loving kindness that leads us to repentance. We're not a club, we're a hospital. And he is an amazing doctor who knows how to fix marriages, fix people. He knows how to do it. That's not our job, that's his job. Our job, open the doors and say, anybody who's thirsty, hurting, hungry, you come. You come. We don't have the answers, but we know who does. And we want to introduce you to him and let him, just let him have a moment in your world, in your family, in your marriage, and just see and watch what he can do in your life. God's dream is that a church would have open doors to anyone and everyone, and they would feel welcome when they come. And I love this in Galatians 4. So here's what it says. So live wisely among those who are not believers. Live wisely and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Listen, if you want to put on your radar God's dream of inviting people, he's going, whoa, 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 just be smart about it. You don't want to go over to your neighbor's house today. You want to come church with me or go to hell? I'm just, I'm just, I just got to know it's 2020. I'm on God's team. I mean, it's like, it's just, he's going to be smart about this whole thing, Right? Let, I mean, be gracious in your speech. God's dream of a church is where everyone is welcome. God's dream of a church is where everyone is serving. God desires to use you to make a difference in the world. That he has blessed you. He has given you certain gifts and talents where he wants to use those somehow, some way to make a difference. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. 
God works in different ways, but is the same God, watch this, who does this work in all of us. This is so powerful. If in 2020, you really want to make a difference with your life, that actually may come by surrendering your spiritual gift and talent that he's given you for him, not for you. It may come to say, God, you've wired me up. You fashioned me. You have put me together. And in doing so, you want me to make a difference with what you've given me. I don't know what that's going to look like, but God, I'm just saying, here's my gift. Here's my talent. Would you use me somehow, some way? And God, God, God does a work not only in you, but what we just read, God does a work through you that you can't accomplish on your own. Uh, uh, back to dominoes. It's so interesting that when you take a domino, it has the power to actually knock down a domino one and a half size its, uh, times its size. And you go, well, that's not a lot. Well, what's interesting though is the power of momentum. And the power of momentum, that domino can continue knocking down dominoes one and a half times its size. But the time you get to the eighth domino, it can actually knock down a domino that's three feet tall. One little domino. If you keep going with that, at the 10th domino, it can knock over Peyton Manning. <laughs> That's pretty cool. At the 18th domino, it can knock over the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Or, if you say it the way I did, pizza. By the 23rd domino, it would uh, tower over the Eiffel Tower to be able to take it down. By the 31st domino... It would be larger than Mount Everest by over 3,000 feet and could take it down. By the 57th domino, it would be able to take a domino down the distance between the earth to the moon. And it's just one little domino. I don't know if you've ever felt like you don't have a whole lot to offer. I have. For those of you who don't know this part of my story, um, I failed my English exit exam of college. I had to go to summer school. You're welcome. You want to know what I majored in? Communication. How much confidence do you have in your campus pastor here, right? You don't think that's played in my mind with insecurities? That I really don't feel smart. I really don't. I do not feel smart at all. I don't feel gifted. I don't feel talented. Those are just my feelings. I feel like an insignificant little domino. But here's what I know and here's what I've experienced. When I look at God and I go, God, you can't pick anybody better. I mean, there can't be another guy. There can't be another girl who can speak a whole lot better than me. God goes, oh yeah, I can. <laughs> that ain't hard at all. But I'm going with you. There's, there's something about that that you can only experience with him when you're in the game. When, when you're like really wanting to, to, to be used, when you want to use your talent as significant or as messed up as it is with the failures that you have, that God can still say, I'm going to use you to do amazing things. And here's what we read. When that little domino and that little domino and your little domino and you use your little domino and we come together, we start accomplishing something in and through the power of God you couldn't accomplish by yourself. You can't take down this enemy and that enemy and expand in different, in different ways what God is wanting to do by yourself. But when we all come together, something unbelievable can happen in our communities. I, I love the way that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 explains it. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Answer, you wouldn't. 
Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. <laughs> Anatomy lesson 101. Welcome to the bridge 2020. I mean, this is like, okay, Paul, we got it. He goes, well, hang on. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. So what are you getting at, Paul? Well, hang on. Next verse. Well, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, you stink. I don't need you. <laughs> I thought that was funny too. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. What's, what's, what's God saying? He's going, here's my dream. Here's my dream. That you would not live your life just on your own. There are no Lone Ranger Christians with God. That's abnormal. Like God, God, God like that's not my dream for your life. When people first signed up, to be part of the first domino of my dream, they all understood something. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're in this together. And you're going to use the way God has gifted you and gifted you and gifted you. And there are seasons, please hear me, there are seasons where we need to step back from serving and let other people serve us. There's something very powerful about that as well. Something very humbling about that. And there are seasons in our life where we need to do that. And so if you're here, in 2020, you're like, that's what I want to do. I want to get more involved there. I want, I want to find out. And if it's not here, maybe it's another local church. We have great ones in the area. Maybe it's a nonprofit in the area. Somehow, some way, God will lead you. Just make yourself available. Because his dream, his dream is a place where everyone's welcome. Everyone is serving. And the third thing that I wrote down is this. It's a place where everyone's life has changed. That's what we celebrate at this place is life change. We want people to experience Jesus. And when their story connects with his story, he gives them a brand new story and their life is forever changed. Uh, I, I love what this verse says. It's a great verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I want to say something about this. It does not say everyone will be saved. Prerequisite. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God's dream, I want everyone saved. I want everyone to call on my son because he's an amazing savior. But you got to call on him. You got to want him. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way into your life. But anyone and everyone who calls on him will be saved. Now, I love this as well because it's not talking about you become a better version of you. You become completely different is what it's talking about. That's explained in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He, talking about Jesus, died for everyone. Why would he do that? So that those who receive his new life, not your new life, his new life, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, something happens to them. They will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs, there's a belonging, there's a family, belongs to Christ, has become a new person, not a better person. They become a new person. They become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Great news for 2020. It does not say a perfect person. It just says they become brand new. Brand new. There, there, there are new desires. There's a new outlook. There's a new vision. 
There's a new longing. There's a new perspective on people that you didn't have before. You can't explain it. All that you know is you're different. And again, I get the emails of people's lives being changed and they can't explain it. But they, their marriages look totally different now. Their life looks totally different now. Well, who does all that? Jesus does all that. Our goal, open the doors. Love every single person who walks in. He does the changing. We do the loving. This is his dream. This is his dream. This is what he wants for your life. And in doing so, we become a bridge of hope to the people around us because everybody needs hope. Everybody needs hope. So for the next couple of weeks, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the vision that we believe God has given us to be one church in three locations. Our Sugar Lane Campus, Regal Theater, and at Fulcher High School. So if you live in the Fulcher area, if you know people in the Fulcher area, if you want to move to Fulcher, whatever it is for you, don't miss, don't miss the next couple of weeks because we're not only going to talk about God's dream for the bridge, but we're going to talk about God's dream for the person sitting in your chair and how you can be a part of something bigger than you are. And at the end of 2020, you're going to be able to look back and go, Golly, I would have never imagined being used like that by God before. You don't want to miss what we're going to talk about next week and the week after that in regards to one church in three locations. And God's dream, that has never changed. But the people who say yes to him, they do. Let's pray together. God, thank you for today. So grateful that you change people's lives because that's exactly what we needed in our life. We needed a completely new life. And God, I'm grateful that this is a place where no perfect people are allowed. But it's also a place where we don't stay that way. We meet you and something happens. Our life is transformed. We become different, God. And that is such a great thing. So God, thank you for your loving kindness and how it does lead us to repentance. It leads us to wanting you to have center stage in our life, in every area of our life. God, over the next couple of weeks, I pray that we'll take our list of goals and resolutions, which are good, and they could be godly. God, show us how to just move you to the top of that list. And in doing so, God, we just live a life that we could have never imagined living before and see you do things in and through us as individuals and as a church family where more people come to know you in a very real and personal way. In your name I pray, amen.